Hi again, it's your weekly horoscope columnist, Christopher Rundstrom, back to share with you some pretty exciting news. You will soon have a chance to study with me in my upcoming course, The Cosmic Calendar, produced here at Astrology Hub. The Cosmic Calendar is designed to teach you how to turn your birth chart into a personal calendar, one that's uniquely aligned to your natural flow and personal seasons. You'll be able to look at the year ahead and know exactly how to plan your life. Whether you're looking to launch a business, dive back into the dating pool, or finally get around to writing that book you said you'd get around to writing one day, the Cosmic Calendar will help you to identify the best times of year to pursue your dreams. So if you want to be the first to know more about the Cosmic Calendar, then sign up for the waitlist now at astrologyhub.com slash cosmic waitlist. Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash cosmic waitlist. I am so looking forward to seeing you there. Hi there and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to our week ahead snapshot with world-class astrologer, historian, and author of The Cosmic Calendar, Christopher Renstrom. This show is designed to give you a quick overview of the week ahead, enabling you the gift of choice in how you navigate and weave these energies into your daily life. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and I'm your weekly horoscope columnist here on Astrology Hub. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about Uranus coming out of retrograde on January 18th. Uranus is what we call in astrology a modern planet. And there are three modern planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Modern planets refers to any planet that was discovered after 1781. Before 1781, astrology had seven planets, the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. These were referred to as the seven traditional or classical planets. Now, when Uranus was discovered in 1781, it upset the classical or traditional order. That is why Uranus was referred to in astrology as the planet of revolution and change. But there's more to Uranus's character of revolution and change than just that. In astrology, everything is about timing. We, we time our lives and our cycles according to where the planets are in the sky. And when we have the privilege of discovering a new planet that gets introduced into the astrological pantheon, what happens is that astrologers often take a couple of steps back and study what was going on at that time in the world to help then give them ideas of how to describe and interpret the new planet upon its discovery. Now, Uranus was discovered in 1781. 1781 is the exact midpoint between the war for independence fought here in the United States and the French Revolution that occurred in France. So basically, this idea of upending or turning over the old order is also been connected to Uranus in this way through history and through culture. Now, at this period of time that Uranus is discovered, uh, Benjamin Franklin happened to be the American ambassador to France. And Benjamin Franklin was a very famous figure in France, uh, in the French courts. He was famous because of his very simple 
American attire. Uh, he didn't get uh, dressed up in all that French finery that the other French noblemen and noble women did. He came in a simple coat and wore a beaver hat, the beaver being an animal that was emblematic of America. So simple in his dress and manner, politically savvy, and outfitted with a very keen scientific mind, Benjamin Franklin was to the French elite the embodiment of the American Revolution. He was also seen as the embodiment of the American Revolution because of his kite experiments with electricity. Electricity was just then becoming understood as something that could actually be harnessed. Um, and Benjamin Franklin was seen as this kind of modern day Prometheus. Um, and indeed, it was the French finance minister, Turgot, who said of Benjamin Franklin, he seized lightning from the heavens and the scepter from tyrants. I want you to think of that phrase. He seized lightning from the heavens and the scepters from tyrants. And this is a very, in my opinion, insightful way of looking at Uranus. Uranus has always been connected to these random, unpredictable events, these bolts out of the blue that come out of nowhere and sort of knock you upside your head uh, and turn your world upside down. I think perhaps uh, one of the most famous examples of this is St. Paul on the road to Damascus, where he suddenly is struck by this bolt out of the blue and God talks to him and asks him why he's persecuting his people. And St. Paul goes from being a per persecutor to one of the great Christian champions and writers in, in the history of Christianity. Okay, so these sudden sort of about faces, these overthrows, these, these unpredictable turns of event, these are all things that are connected to the planet Uranus. Now, the modern planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, take their time moving through a zodiac sign. Okay, uh, just to sort of give you a quick comparison, the moon will go through um, all 12 zodiac signs in one month. Uh, the sun will take one month to go through a zodiac sign. And when it's gone through all 12, that means it's the end of a year. In the case of these outer uh, classical planets like uh, Jupiter and Saturn, they can take, they can spend one year in a sign and Saturn can be two to two and a half years in a sign. Now, in the uh, case of Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, Uranus can take about seven to seven and a half years in one sign, okay? Remember, uh, the sun is a month in a sign. The moon will go through all 12 signs in one month. Uranus spends seven to seven and a half years in just one zodiac sign. Neptune is 13 and Pluto, because its orbit is elliptical, can spend anywhere from 12 years in a sign to 32 years in a sign. Oish. Anyway, so basically Uranus spends about seven, roughly seven to seven and a half years in a sign. When a slow moving planet like Uranus enters its sign, enters a sign, you're going to feel its impact most powerfully right before and right when it enters. For instance, Uranus entered the zodiac sign of Taurus in 2018. I believe it's like May 20, 2018. And um, that's when you would have really felt, you know, that sort of feeling of volatility, overthrow and change. And if you're a Taurus, um, I don't think you need me to tell you what your 2018 and your 2019 
team were like. I'm sure that they were completely cray cray. Okay, so this is Uranus entering a zodiac sign and making itself known. And the way that Uranus makes itself known when it enters a zodiac sign is basically to kick the game board over and to send all the chess pieces flying. All right, so this is when those fixtures are uprooted, those things that you thought would last forever are turned upside down, and that uh, those, those things that you stood by are turned inside out, okay? And I think that we can all sort of agree that since 2018, that's kind of what's been going on in our lives. The things that are the most stable, Taurus, remember, Taurus is the zodiac sign of stability and security. Those things that are stable have suddenly been turned upside down, on their head, inside out, and really don't make sense in the way that they used to make sense before. When we think of Uranus in Taurus, I want you to think of Uranus, okay, it's the planet of revolution and change, and I want you to think of Taurus, a bull cattle. Okay. So basically we have this idea of revolution and change and we have cattle. Now what happens when you combine the energy of Uranus revolution and change with cattle? You get a stampede. All right. And as many people have learned much to their chagrin in years past, you can go ahead and you can shoot a few shots in the air to start off a stampede. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you know how to herd the cattle. Okay. So in other words, once that cattle starts stampeding, uh, the people in charge, like maybe the cowboys or the wranglers or whatever, are going to have a hell of a time trying to bring that cattle uh, uh, to, to a full stop, trying to calm them down. And that's basically what's kind of going on in our lives. There is this full-on stampede that's taking place, and people who are supposed to be in charge of companies or corporations or societies or even government heads find themselves at a complete loss as to how to herd the cattle. Okay, so in other words, there's this stampeding on rushing energy, and these questions of like, gee, how do we calm this down? This is something that you can uh, see almost nightly on the television news. But the thing is, we are at this point in 2022, moving to the midpoint, the halfway point of Uranus in Taurus. So in other words, what we're going to see this year is all of a sudden what all of this is all about. Okay, uh, as I said, Uranus, when it enters its zodiac sign, that was 2018, 2019, it, 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 it tips over the sacred cows. Okay, let's use the Taurus imagery. It tipped over the sacred cows and it and it and it and it and it uh, up upended all of the fixtures in our lives. Now this past year, 2021, we had Uranus squaring Saturn three times. And as you've uh, experienced before, if you've watched any of these uh, previous broadcasts, I like to describe their square as really uh, world wrestlers body slamming each other from opposite ends of the of the arena or the ring. Okay, now this year, they're not going to be squaring, uh, not in the perfect square that they just completed, they have a near square in October, but but this year, they won't be squaring. So that energy has been removed. This year, 2022 is is also the midpoint when we're going to see what all of this is about. Like what is the writing on the wall that we're supposed to be reading with Uranus and Taurus? What I also find really fascinating about um, 
this year is that this year is the year when the North Node has moved from being in the zodiac sign of Gemini and it moves into the zodiac sign of Taurus. It moves into the zodiac sign of Taurus on um, January 19th and it starts moving backwards in degrees through the zodiac sign of Taurus, which means that in August of this year, August of this year, the North Node, and the North Node always indicates where I'm going in astrology, North Node, South Node. North Node is where I'm going, South Node, where I've been. Very easy to remember. So the North Node, which is where I'm going, is moving through the zodiac sign of Taurus. Uranus is now out of retrograde. It means it's direct, it's moving forward in Taurus. And the two of them are going to form a conjunction in August of this year, right? So simply put, in August of this year, we're really going to understand what Uranus and Taurus is all about. Okay, this is this is when the energy will have settled into its midpoint, and we will understand what this is all about. And there are a lot of things for us to try to figure out. A lot of things have been radicalized or revolutionized since Uranus has been in Taurus. Taurus is an Earth sign. Earth signs are, are, are um, most concerned with the issues of health and wealth. That's how you can always describe an Earth sign. It is, um, it, it, these are the signs most concerned with health and wealth. And so basically what we've experienced since Uranus is in Taurus is remember those, those, those genteel uh, suburban figures of the 1950s, Ozzie and Harriet and the Cleaver family? Well, basically, Ozzie and Harriet and the Cleaver family are packing heat. They're, they're, they're very radical these days. Uh, that old, that not old phrase, but that important phrase, my body, my choice, which used to be the banner motto for reproductive rights. My body, my choice now is being uh, waved as a banner by anti-vaxxers. And you even have workers refusing to go back to work. So all of these issues around health and wealth have been turned on, on, turned upside down, turned inside out, and no longer mean the things that they used to mean. Okay, the, the goalposts have been shifted. And again, this is something that happens when, when, when Uranus is traveling through a sign. So I want you to think of Uranus, the planet of revolution and change, and Taurus, the zodiac sign of the bull of cattle, and and as we've talked about this 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 sort of stampeding energy which is going on right now, and what I want to share with you very quickly here it was a very favorite childhood story of mine. I never, I never could get enough of it. It wasn't very long, and I always made my mother read it over and over again. Not every night. Okay, I wasn't that fanatical about it, but enough. I think she also liked to read it a lot because she enjoyed the story as well. And the story is the story of Ferdinand the Bull. Okay, and, and I love the story of Ferdinand the Bull. Ferdinand the Bull is a bull that um, lives in Spain. And what he wants to do is just sort of like he gets up every day and he just sort of like, you know, uh, strolls out to his favorite spot in the field. And his favorite spot in the field is in the shade underneath this cork tree. And he sort of goes and sits underneath the shade and he just sort of takes in what's going on around him. Uh, he's very simple, he's very easygoing. And while he's out there, he sees other bulls and other bulls are, you know, uh, showing off because they know that there's um, these, these 
matador scouts that you could almost think of them as football scouts, you know, who come on out and spot the young bulls and see which ones are the most ferocious and which ones are the most intimidating. And they're going to take them off to um, where they uh, fight these bullfights, you know, to sort of show off to the audience and fight the matador and all these sorts of things. And these young bulls all want to be chosen to be taken into the ring and to be ferocious and to be celebrated. Okay. And Ferdinand couldn't care less <laughs> and just like wants to go and hang out under the tree and chew the cud and take in what's going on. I mean, life is sweet for Ferdinand. Well, except one day, Ferdinand's sitting his old, you know, behind on down uh, on, onto his patch of grass underneath the cork tree. And he happens to sit on top of this bee who's looking up at him and seeing this like huge shadow of a bull's derriere <laughs> descending on it. And so as the derriere descends, the bee stings Ferdinand in the buttocks, okay? And Ferdinand immediately reacts with like, you know, eyes open, hooves go, you know, legs go flying out and he goes bucking and jumping in all kinds of directions wildly because he's been stung in, in, in the butt. Okay. Well, he, he is in such, you know, shock and, 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 and in such pain and in such ah, panic that he immediately captures the interest of the scouts who are scouting for the next Matador match. And they watch him and, he, and he's wild and he's ferocious and all these sorts of things that they, they go and, and they grab him and they throw him in a cart and they march him off to uh, the stadium or whatever these bull rings are, are, are called because they found their, 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 their behemoth. You know, Ferdinand is a huge, muscular, virulent bull. You know, they found their behemoth, their giant, you know, the sort of bull that matadors want to conquer. So uh, Ferdinand is carted off to, to the bull's ring. And, and he's kind of like really perplexed. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's fed well every day, so that's right. But that's all right. He's good with that. But he doesn't really know what's going on until the day of the big matador fight, you know, comes and Ferdinand is released and he kind of like strolls on out into the middle of the bull ring. And there is no cork tree, there is no field. It is just sand or dirt um, and he, just is perplexed and just sort of stares there. And so the matador comes forward with his marvelous cape and his saber, and he's going to do battle with this, with this extraordinary bull, Ferdinand, you know? And so Ferdinand's just kind of like, what's going on? And um, he plants it like Torians do when they're in situations that don't, they don't really understand. He plants it. He sits on down and looks up at the crowd. And so the crowd is all like, you know, Ferdinand, the great bull, you have to fight, you know, whatever this matador's name is, Sebastian or something like that. You must fight, or Fernando, uh, you, you must fight him. And, 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 and so the ladies are throwing their flowers and roses and things down to, you know, Sebastian who bows with great gallantry and things like this. And so Ferdinand, you know, picks up one of the roses and starts sniffing it and just sort of like takes in the scenery. What happens is obviously the matador, you know, tries to taunt and tries to, to provoke and, you know, whips around his cape and flashes the red cape in order, you know, to get Ferdinand heated or, 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 or whatever, maybe even pokes him a little bit. And Ferdinand just is like sniffing the rose. He's taking in the flower. He refuses to budge 
an inch. Uh, maybe you could recognize some of Androcles and the lion in, in this thing. It's a similar motif with the Roman Colosseum. And um, this is the way that Taurus exerts and expresses its strength and its power. It doesn't move, okay? And it has a thick skin. And it doesn't have to budge if it doesn't want to budge. It can go and take up room in the street if it wants to cross the street. It can go and sit down and park it if it wants to park it. And you can't budge it, okay? So, so Torian's great strength is, is in its endurance and in its immovability. Um, and so what happens is that, well, there's not much of a show. What I mean, we didn't, you know, the audience is like, we didn't come to a butcher's, you know, it's not like you're going to slit the throat of the bowl and, you know, carve it up or anything like that. It's just, and in fact, the audience is laughing, you know, the ladies like, you know, because he's picked up the flower, they're throwing more flowers and they're actually laughing at the matador who's completely like, you know, scandalized or whatever. And he's like yelling at his agents or the scouts or whoever, like, you know, staged this travesty. And so what happens is gradually, you know, um, the audience has had their fun. They're kind of like, you know, breaking up as a crowd or whatever. The cart is brought on out and Ferdinand's taken out of the stadium. And ultimately, Ferdinand is taken back to the field, uh, back to his beloved cork, cork tree, where he returns to his pastoral or to his peaceful life. And that's what I want to share with you about Uranus in Taurus. Uranus can come into Taurus and it can rile things up and it can provoke and it can make things volatile. But Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus. And so Taurus is in its essence a peaceful sign. Okay. It is a sign that doesn't really want drama and it's a sign that really doesn't want to be bothered, okay, so that if it has to, it's going to go and exert what it wants to do by simply being itself, which can be like undisturbed, you know, it wants to be undisturbed, it wants to be unprovoked, and it just wants everything to be pastoral. It wants to uh, loll about and luxuriate in the fields, and it wants to enjoy itself. Uh, in addition to this, there's a wonderful sort of pragmatism to Taurus. Uh, and that pragmatism is why get all bothered about this? I mean, if things are good, if things are working, if you know, you've got the things that you need in your life, why, why make it difficult? In fact, you know, everyone can be welcome here and, and whatever. It's, 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 it's ruled by Venus, a benevolent sign. So I think that actually what we're going to start seeing with this year and moving forward is the different pieces falling into place of what our pasture looks like, of what our world looks like. And we're already kind of seeing it with the exhaustion that people have, not only with COVID, but the continual talking heads and everyone like having an issue and things like that, you're kind of seeing people sort of going off and doing their own thing anyway. I mean, you can only keep things whipped up for, for so long. And that Taurus energy is ultimately a calming type of energy. Now, I don't want to paint a rosy picture or anything like that. We still have Uranus and Taurus until 2026. Uh, it kind of leaves in 2025, but it retros back in and, and formally leaves in, in, in 2026. We have that all of that going on. 
But I think instead of being continually surprised um, and continually uh, provoked and things being made volatile, things are actually going to become more recognizable and there's going to be more of a pursuit for stability and consistency. And if the travel, uh, if the talent scouts um, and the government leaders and the correspondents um, insist on making everything hyperbolic and volatile and charged, I think that you'll end up with that conversation that was going on between Ferdinand and the audience. In other words, the stampede will come to, to will run out of its stampediness, will run out of gas, and people will naturally seek to reinstate the security and the stability that they're used to, but under new rules, because Uranus is, is all about new rules. And as I said to you, the North Node and Uranus conjunct in August, and this is something to keep in mind, you know, as we see what's going to be revealed in the month of August, because then on August 24th, Uranus turns retrograde, and that's when things will begin to dial down again. Your weekly horoscope is brought to you by Astrology Hub. If you'd like more extended personalized guidance from Christopher by Sunsign and Rising, make sure you subscribe to receive the free weekly horoscope delivered via email to your inbox each Sunday. Just go to astrologyhub.com horoscope and start receiving even more free personalized guidance today. That's astrologyhub.com horoscope. And if you love what we do and would like to support our work, please subscribe to the podcast, give us some stars, and if you feel inclined, leave us a review. It does so much to help us get quality astrology out to the world, and we're grateful for all the time that you take to do this. Thank you for listening in today, and as always, thank you for making astrology a part of your life.